So we're going over what is the no-boss freedom and how do you get it? Let's talk about it. And this is the Loop Guy Show, helping entrepreneurs close bigger, faster, and more easily by building digital relationships on scale while growing the customer universe. What's popping, Luke here? You're going to absolutely enjoy the show. Let's dive in right now. Guys, what's popping? Luke here today, the Luke Guy Show. We're talking about the no boss freedom, how to achieve it. We're talking about side hustles. And why people fail them. We're talking about the math behind it. We're talking about the things I've tried. We're talking about virtual closing. We're talking about online sales. We're talking about the art of persuasion. We're talking about how you get out of that nine to five one day and doing your own thing. And we're answering the question, if it's so easy, why doesn't everyone do it? So let's, let's break some of those things down. So the no boss freedom, I ran a poll in one of my secret groups that I run um, online. And when I asked them what the top freedom they wanted. And you know what they told me the top freedom they wanted? It was the no boss freedom. They wanted the no boss freedom, which means that they was tired of having someone to tell them about when they can take vacations, about what they're going to make, where they're going to be, when they're going to be there. And some even feel like that it's a God given freedom for them to choose those things. And I have my opinion on this. Maybe you agree. Maybe you don't agree. I think everyone needs to work a nine to five at least once in their life. Okay, I think everyone needs to feel management over them. I'm not against bosses, y'all. I'm not against going to a job. I'm glad we have that in this country. I'm glad there was people who's willing to sacrifice to become the boss. And I'm not sounding like America right now because America doesn't want a boss at all. But there comes a time where it is time for you to fly. I am grateful for the bosses out there who are good bosses and they take care of their people. And I'm glad that we have companies trying to build in this. I have nothing against people wanting to be a boss, a manager. I have a problem with abuse. I have a problem with disrespect. And that's where some cross the line because stress gets to their head. And now they're treating their people like slaves or they're, you know, they, they don't have respect. And I believe every man should have respect for people. But anyway, I'll keep going. So, But in this country, though, you do have that freedom to choose the no-boss freedom. But are you willing to pay the price? And you may go, what is the price, Luke, that I have to pay to get the no-boss freedom? All right? I'll just tell you. For example, if you want to start a restaurant, um, the minimum you're going to pay in a commercial real estate in a city uh, even in a small town, is going to be a half a million dollars. It's going to be 500000 in small towns to be on the main street. Now, there are, there are going to be um, times where maybe smaller towns, and it may be a little less, but I'm talking about towns of just a few thousand people is going to be that. And you get into the bigger towns... 50,000, 100,000, 400,000, mil- and then you, you're talking seven, you're talking about seven figure, eight figure deals here. Um, so that would be the cost of freedom if you wanted to start a restaurant. Now, let's say that you wanted to start a lawn care. Well, you're going to have to buy you a nice truck. And if you want to pay the respect, you need to buy a super nice truck, which you're talking a minimum of sixty dollars to $80,000, not including the trailer, not including lawn equipment. And you don't have clients yet. And then you got to figure out how to get clients. And then you got to 
then you got to spend money on ads. Um, or you can just wait around for you get clients and wait for word of mouth. Um, it's like waiting for a fire to start itself, or you can just start the fire. And I would rather just start the fire, which is getting clients. That's what I'm talking about. So minimally inside a lawn care business, you're talking about 60, 80,000 at minimum. Okay. And you hope you get clients. That's the price to be your own boss there. Because people say, well, if it's so easy, why isn't everyone doing it? Because first of all, most people's credit scores are so messed up, they can't even get a $70,000 truck. Or they couldn't even get a restaurant for $500,000. And you haven't even bought cooking equipment. You haven't made your first hire yet. You don't even know you're going to get customers. But you've invested a half of a million dollars which is very cheap in real estate when it comes to commercial on the main street. That is the cost to start those no-boss freedoms, but doesn't mean you're going to be successful. Um, and you go, well, Luke, what about online? I could just literally start a free freelancer profile and just get clients that way. Okay, sure, you can try that. But the cost with that is, is you're going to compete with India. You're going to compete with Singapore. You're going to compete with uh, Africa. You're going to compete with uh, Germany. You're going to compete with all these countries, which means that you have to be really good at marketing. So how do you fight them off? Well, you can spend money in sponsoring those posts, and that can cost you $1,000 just to figure it out to even crack the code. So what is the cost of the no-boss freedom? Well, it could be a minimum of a few grand or it could literally be hundreds of thousands of dollars. When Amazon was started, Jeff Bezos started on an investment. I think it was like 100000 was the first investment that he had got from his parents. That was the first, That's what it costed his parents. And of course, he put his money in there as well. So most successful businesses start on at least six figures of funding. Now, UPS was started in the early 1900s and it started with a wagon and a few kids, they say, and then it turned into something. It grew into something. It took over. But as today, the problem is competition is so high today. So you have to do what other people aren't willing to do. And there's restaurant owners. I mean, there's, there's, there was a Mexican restaurant in my town that I loved. He didn't make it six months. He put all that money up. He hired all them people. I mean, he had good food. Oh, I was so excited to see him. And then, blam, gone. Wasn't profitable. He got unprofitable very quickly. And all that money he put up in renting the place. And all, I mean, he had five to eight in working for him. Um, I, I was trying to tell him I saw things not looking right, that he probably needed to tighten up. I saw that two or three months ahead of time. People don't listen. He flopped, and that's not, and it's not because I know a lot about restaurant business. I, I, you know, I don't, but I do know a few things about business. And um, you, I mean, you got to tighten your belt. You really got to tighten your belt when you get in a business like that. And he, and like I told him, he, he, he felt his food was amazing though, and I love Mexican food. But looking at everything, he probably put up to get going. I imagine that was a fifty to $100,000 loan he put up. And how much of that he kept and how much of it he blew, I don't know. But he, he probably very well burned through fifty grand. He probably very well blew through fifty grand, And now he don't have a business. Um, because restaurants, you know, the restaurant business is hard. So what is the cost of the no-boss freedom? Because 
you know, people go, well, it's so easy. Why isn't everyone doing it? Well, that's why. Because there's risk involved. So how do you get, like, how do you make this work? Like, what is the number one skill you need to be successful? Well, I would say get in an industry where the competition's low and a lot of people don't know about it. All right? And I would say getting into online sales is still an easy market, is an easier market to get into, and the cost of getting in is way, way less. And I'd also say figure out how to get into something where you don't get the clients and you don't have to make them happy and you don't have to build the team. Because the reason my restaurant business friend went out, wasn't a partner of mine, uh, I wouldn't let him be a partner of mine because he wouldn't have been a good partner at all. Um, he, he, he went under because he hired too many people and he didn't, he didn't make him enough money. Somehow he thought, I'm going to add another person to my team and that makes me profitable and it makes you very unprofitable. Definitely if they're not salespeople, which that'd be amazing. A Mexican salespeople knocking on doors. Would you like some Mexican food? That'd be funny, but they don't do that. Um, I probably wouldn't recommend it either, but um, it'd be kind of weird. Cold door knocking, man, he'd be a winner. Would you like a taco? Yeah, man. I'll take two, but um, getting clients is probably the number one killer of any business. And why do people, why do people have a hard, why do they have a hard time getting clients? And it's because they have competition. Think about it. If you was the only Mexican restaurant in your state, how rich would you be? Would he have shut down if he was the only Mexican restaurant in Georgia? No. What if he was the only lawn care company in Georgia? Or in your state? No, you man, like you'd be probably, you probably worth hundreds of millions of dollars. You just couldn't. I mean, that's it. But the problem would be find, find enough people who wasn't sorry that could actually crank a lawnmower in this country. That's the problem, though, because you know he could get clients, but could he find enough people to help him do it? That's just the thing. That's actually a problem that I wouldn't want to have because the way the direction first world countries are going is that. Humans have done hard labor for so long. And they've heard these stories for so long. They don't want to do hard work anymore. And I get it. Who wants to be in the sun sweating like crazy? So that would be the problem with that business there. Which is why if you get into virtual sales now and jump on top of it and learn it and just, you know, soak it in, you could be on top of something. And I'm trying and, and I'm telling people about it. I'm telling people about it because to me, this is the, this is the thing to get in. If you could learn the martial arts of online sales, one-to-one, learning how to gain people's trust. And you may be like, okay, what are you talking about? In virtual, in virtual closing, this is what I'm talking about. If you could find a marketing genius who is spending $100,000, $200,000, dollars $400,000 a month in ads and they're profitable and they get clients amazing i'm talking about amazing results and they're that what they're about is getting those those results easier and faster for the customer if you can find someone who's obsessed about getting results and they're laser focused they are they are the elon musk of their niche you can't stop them he's got blood in his mouth because he wants nothing but to win 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 he's like a shark in the water don't get in his way 
and find a marketing genius like that who is amazing. He's not here for the trend. He's here to stay until the end of humanity because he wants to help the world get this XYZ result. Okay? If you can find that person and sell him on you on why you want to work with him. First of all, you need the skill to identify that person because if you can identify that person and get them to hire you and you can get to work with them, not like an employee, but more like a partner, you get a percentage of the business like a shark would, like off a shark tank, but instead of exchanging money to get in the game with him, you're exchanging your skills and your time and your focus and your energy and say, hey man, I'm with you for the long haul. I believe in your mission. I believe in what you are about. We are aligned on ethics and your mission. You are the man. I just want my freedoms. I want a no boss freedom. I want time freedom. I want virtual freedom. I want travel freedom. Do you grant that to me? If I join you, I will be the hardest working horse on this team. You can find someone like that. But if you're going halfway do it if you're just going to be like whatever like the majority of humans in the country of the usa which i love this country i'm not hating on america but good times create lazy people lazy people create bad times bad times create strong men and women strong men and women produce Lazy people because they they create good times and then people get drunk on the wine. They get drunk on success instead of focusing on helping and impacting. They just get too used to the mansions and the pools and the flying around. That's all they want to do. And look, there's a time for you know winning. There's a time of you know reaping what the work you've done. Nothing wrong having fun, but the moment serving ain't about what you're about. Then bad times are coming because if you're not. Providing a service, a result, something. I mean, either you will suffer or your kids are going to suffer. That's just how it is. Like, that's just in... When you're in love... See, here's the thing, y'all. I was the bug man. I was stuck under houses and attics, getting cussed out by people, having the, the lady who, who smoked like a train follow me around and watching everything I'm doing, having big old headed... Great dang dogs looking at me with them big old golf ball size eyes looking at me like they haven't ate in four days because they probably didn't. Wanting a piece of my skinny leg and wanting to eat some of me because that was the side of the neighborhood we was on spraying. And I remember those days. And when things get bad, well, like when I hit a wall because life does that. And I start going, what if I didn't start my business? What if I wasn't going through this? What if I, you know, wasn't having to go through this? What if I was just still the bug man? That's what I'd be dealing with. And then five minutes later, I go, thank you, Lord, for the moment. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that I am getting to go through right now. Because my worst day today, okay, were still better than my best days yesterday. Thank you, Lord. And I am a believer in God, and I thank him every day for my food and for my shelter, for my life, 
for the chance to play this game we call life. But if you lose, you lose everything, which is why I take it serious. It's why I think on it. It's why I write on it. It's why I talk about it, because this game we get to play. The opportunity this generation has in front of it right now, we may never see again in humanity. And how many people are going to let this go to waste? Not this bug man. No, sir. And I am so thankful that I was a college dropout. And I'm so thankful that tall man, who was like three times my age, well, not quite that old, probably twice my age, hired me. And I'm so thankful that I went through what I went through, driving in the rain, driving 45 minutes to an hour one way, driving through three to four school zones, having to deal with the school buses, and then dealing with people at the work, and then dealing with customers who hated anybody's guts that walked through there. And for some of the little kids, when I'd walk through the Section 8 places, and they'd say, what, you spraying Kool-Aid? I mean, I just, it's humbling. It's not cool to tell people you was the bug man. Because when they come up with their excuses on why this ain't going to work, and I go, you're talking to the bug man here. Why, did, why, did, why don't it work for you? Why can't life work for you? I was the bug man. I lived in a trash can. I drove in a dumpity dump dump truck. You driving a four-door Silverado with your golf pants on from Under Armour, and you're telling me how bad life is? I can't relate. Because you can make anything work, and God just put this into me, that you can do all things, all things through his strength, if you let him. That may repel some people. There's some anti-God people in this nation. I'm sorry. I can't help you. <laughs> I can't help you. They will have to kill me before they make me say there is no God. Because he is the very reason I live. And the reason I believe he's given me this moment of going from bug man. Because bug people don't do this, y'all. No offense to the bug culture, to the bug community out there. But to do what I have done is not because of my accolades, my degrees, my intelligence. It's because I was born at the right time. I'm no billionaire. But you ain't got to make billions to be happy. Money don't make you happy to begin with, but it sure helps. You know what I'm saying? Because if you, you ain't never been happy until you gave some money away. Go pay for someone's hotel for the night and see how happiness can feel. Pay for someone's vacation for a week, which I have done, and feel that. Surprise someone with a birthday. Give them tickets to things. Rock their world. And the joy that you will feel, money can do that. But I'm not a lover of money. I'm not even a lover of what money can do. But I do love blessing people. And money can help people be home with kids like me. I'll just tell you about me for a minute. I don't believe in putting my kids in the school system right now that is whacked up. What in the world are they teaching these kids today? It ain't school. They pumping out kids that can't even do math. They can't even balance a checkbook. They forgot who God is. They have forgotten so much about what life is really about. The longer 
we go on this timeline, the smarter grandma is becoming. Because at Christmas, she had all her kids together, and she knew what a family was, she knew what a man was, and she knew what a, a woman was. There was no confusion on the operation of the family, and most importantly, she knew who God was. People may cancel me for that. I don't care. Because, look, happiness comes back to the creator of happiness. And the real truth is, on freedom, is that God gives it all. And the fact is, I'm grateful that he put me in that moment. He put me in that situation because he saw 2023. He saw if he put me in a bad situation that he could turn it into good. So when I'm in a good situation, but going through a rough patch, I'll be grateful and I'll be thankful. So if you haven't found your freedom yet, just remember it may just not be, it just may not be your time, but hold on, it can come. Now, I live, I live by the phrase, do your best and God can do the rest. But first of all, you got to be his child. Second of all, you got to live for him. And I'm trying not to be all preachy here, but I can't help it. I love what he's done for me. And I'm thankful what he's done for me. And I'm still grateful for this nation because I could tell the same message to someone in Nigeria. It won't, it won't, it's not going to hit as hard because they don't. They don't have the freedoms that we have. And I, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking to know that not everyone has the options and the choices that we do as an American or as a Canadian or as someone in a first world country. It breaks my heart and I'm thankful for this moment. And it's why I do give because I want people to have the freedoms so that families can stay together. Because what's breaking the heart of God is the family ain't sticking together in this country. And that's what made us powerful. That's what made us great. And the number one thing busting up homes is, first of all, people forgetting God. But second thing is the money. Their money ain't working for them. Their money is going this direction and that direction. And they're fighting inflation. They're fighting taxes. They're fighting the rising cost of school and food and, and gasoline and vehicles and electronics. And anything that busts up a family breaks my heart and it breaks God's heart. But not every family that's busted is because they don't love God. It takes two people to love each other. And one can love God and one may not. So what I'm here to say is my message to you is that you can find freedom. You can pull this together. You can make your family proud. You can become that leader. And the solution to that, in my mind, um, personally, is getting into something where the statistics are more on your side. For example, the failure rate of becoming a successful life insurance agent. Why is that? Because cold calling, most people can't do it. Most people cannot do it. I had family who tried life insurance. They got crushed. Because you know how many life insurance agents are in this country? Not many at all. And that's the problem. So I would say, get into something where competition's low. You're working with a marketing genius who gives you your freedoms. You are growing as a percentage inside the company and then see six figures that way. 
without quitting your job quite, quite first. I do recommend doing 30 hours a week in this, and yes, it will be a sacrifice. But if you want to put in the time and the work and sell that marketing genius on you, you can make it work, but you can't come in prideful. Most I mean, America's got a pride thing going on. I would say not be prideful. Be open, be willing, be humble. Be open-minded to learn about how this works. Because that's why, I'm, and look, I had, you're talking about arrogant. When I was 23 years old, and you're making more than your manager who's worked a career all his life, and he's in his 50s and 60s. I, I, couldn't, I don't know how old he was. He had to be in his 50s or 60s. And here I am making way more money than he's making. Arrogance can creep in, and it did. But God had to humble me, and he humbled me for sure. And I realized it don't matter if you're making five grand months or $55,000 months or $155,000 months. That's nothing to be arrogant about because just the way God gave it, he can take it away. So I say it when you do get to making that money and you do quit that job, don't forget God. Don't forget the one who is the giver of all good things. And the way, the pathway, I would say, the best pathway um, is going to the field. Learn about the education space. Learn about the virtual space. Create a spreadsheet of the top dogs in this market. And just so you have my personal numbers, we make, as a company, what I do is we may go through 400 of these companies. And our student or our client, he'll only or she will only be exposed to uh, 10% of those because 90% we do not consider as marketing geniuses. And out of that 40, they may select 10. And out of that 10, they may get hired by one. In your first month, you should, you should hit between one and $3,000 your first month. And if you do something above that, then you're just a Michael Jordan in virtual closing. Okay? But after your first month, you hit the one to 3K mark. And I'm recording some videos right now, people, who have joined us in doing this. This is kind of the stat. This is average stats. I'm not giving you the crazy numbers my competitors will give me. Say, oh, you can do 20K months. They're, yeah, they're, that's called lying. Um, that's called embellishment. That's called focusing on the top 5% but not the average. You got to give people real life numbers. But here's the thing. Your first month, you make one, you made one to $3,000 in your first month. And so what? That's still a great, you, you've got data now. If you can make one to three, you can do three and six. You can do six and 12. It's about two X and something or three X and something somewhere. So you have data, which is more important than the numbers themselves, like the amount. It's the fact that you created numbers and now you've got to figure out what the two and three X to get to that number to hit home so you can one day quit your job. Because I recommend working your job in virtual closing as long as you can and build up that nest egg to where you can live six to eight months just in case you broke every bone in your body, which don't be jumping in front of trains. You don't have to worry about it. But that's the kind of math I do in my head and I recommend for my virtual closers, okay? Um, that's the plan I would give you. And the reason people work with us and join us is because we can help you do these things. It takes most people to do what I just said, six to 12 months if they don't give up. But without guidance and motivation and community, people sometimes fail and they uh, give up. But if you work with us... The interviews we've done this week, the data has been generally around 30 days. Now, we have, we've had people do it in 15 days. We've had some people do it in 30 days, and some take like 45 days. But if you go faster than the average person in our community, you can beat 30 days and be hired. And within two weeks, if you are not making money, we have a deal to where we will switch the company out until you find whether actually you're making money. So I want to record this podcast. I wanted to... Um, um, 
speak to you tonight because it's a Friday night. And I'm doing a walking talk in my yard. You're hearing Georgia crickets right now. And um, I'm trying to do better because I do with sinuses when I talk. And sometimes you can hear me talk with sinuses and it does not sound amazing. So I'm trying to work on that. Forgive me if you hear that sometimes. But I'm working on me. I'm working on that. So, but I just um, appreciate you. And thanks so much for li listening to the Luke Guy Show. Take care.